Good morning. Friends, we're busy with our concluding a two-week series that actually defines to you what we do the rest of the year. We're just helping you in these two weeks to understand what we're actually doing all the time. Inescapable mandate is what I want to speak to you about as we continue and we end off today our REACH series that started last week. REACH is basically REACH. Reaching out to lost people and the nations of the world. And God has called all of us to be participating in that and be part of that. And you may have the awesome opportunity to be part of that. We're in God's A team. We're in God's Springbok team. He's elected you and say, come join me. And that's what we're busy doing. On Wednesday night, we had an incredible time at Hatfield Christian Church. The reason why we met there is because this venue is too small now if we gather as a citywide church. And we prayed for nations and focused on nations and listened to the testimonies of what God is doing. And also, you know, one of the things we're accountable to you as a church when we, you know, you give money towards something specifically, we let the people speak to say to you, we are in the nations, we're living in Croatia, and what you've been given towards, it's going there. That's basically what we're doing. So that you would know that we are stewards of what we say to you in a justful way because we're not just, okay, you give money and it's just a blind no. You give money and we're responsible to steward that towards what we said and what we feel God's called us to. And that is the nation. Morning family, good to be with you. We're going to worship God this morning with the word. So if you can read with me Psalm 67, um, and I am reading out of the, which part ESV. ESV, okay. Let's read together. Make your face shine upon us. To the choir master with string instrument, a psalm, a song. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless you, us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Thank you, Nay. This is the word of the Lord. As we look at this psalm, and you can also find it in Numeri 6, verse 24, the exact same words, the Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. God's desire is for us to be blessed. God's desire for us is to walk in His blessing and His face shine upon us. And let's look at this psalm and really see what is meant by this psalm, known as a missionary psalm. This was actually a psalm that was sang by the priests in the Old Testament, for God's people, you know, throughout the centuries, this song has been sang and sang and over and over. You hear so many churches today call this as the benedict that we pray over people's lives at the end of a worship service. But let's look at what it means. It starts off, may the Lord be gracious to us and bless us and make His face shine upon us. The blessing, God's grace, the Abrahamic covenant means to bless us, bring blessing. Abram, I will bless you. 
See in Genesis 12, I will bless you. I will empower you and say, may God be gracious to you. May God grace you. See, mercy deals with our past. It forgives us and it gives us, it not giving us what we deserve. That's what mercy is. Mercy means you should have been punished and you are now not punished. Okay, whom of you glad that there's mercy? You know, if we had to be punished for all that we did, we would not be here. None of us. That's mercy. But grace God gives us, He empowers us, He gives us what we don't deserve. Mercy, He does not give us what we deserve. With grace, He gives us what we deserve. Let God be gracious. Let He empowers us. He gives us something and He blesses us with what? He blesses you with abilities. He blesses you with connections. He blesses you with, you know, relationships. He blesses you with a vocal voice that you can speak. He blesses you with strength in your body that you can walk and that you can wake up in the morning. He blesses you with the brain that you can use. He blesses you. What do you have that you are not being blessed with is the question. You say you have any ability. Friends, one of the best, best studies we can study and not just study but really desire is to really understand humility. To really understand how deeply you and I are flawed apart from God. And how amazingly we are blessed within God. And the factor only between the two is God. He sees grace, the ability that He gives us. And as we walk in this, Make his face shine upon us. I mean, I don't know about you, when you see a dad standing next to the field and the son is really doing well or the daughter is doing well, you know, there's, there's a face that shines. There's something about, you know, that, that, that face that shines upon. May God's face shine upon you when you wake up on a Monday morning. May God's face shine upon you when you respond in a godly way in a boardroom. May God's face shine upon you when you think about how you steward your life, your time, your talents, and your treasures how you do life for God. May His face shine upon us. <clears throat> Look upon us with favor and blessing. When He say God's face shine upon us, it means we experience the blessing. We walk in the incredible privilege of His presence. We find His pleasure. We see His protection. And we also find His provision. Think about what's the opposite. And there's so many scriptures, Lord, may you not hide your face from us. May you not turn your eyes from us. Keep your eyes on us. My youngster sometimes just wants us, he says, me come, he wants to go and swim, but I need to sit on this chair or me or my, ma ma mother, my wife or my mother-in-law. Just sit next to the swimming pool and look at me. I'm going to swim, just look at me. Keep your eyes on me. Keep your face on me. We like it when daddy in heaven look at, upon us. Then he goes on the next verse. He says, for what purpose? We are blessed. He blessed us. He's favored us. He's graced us. You're sitting here today. Think, count your blessings. Now he gives us the purpose of that blessing. That your way may be known on the earth. Your saving power among all the nations. That all the nations, the original meaning means the Gentile and heathen nations included, not just the Jew. Not just Israel. You see, we need to understand when God made heaven and earth and He made everything and He made Adam and Eve, all nations on the face of the earth were born out of one people. 
It's so important for us to understand the human race. It nullifies racism. It nullifies, you know, we are diverse. Yes, so are two people sitting next to each other. So are, so the same is two couples. We are diverse. That's the beauty of God. God's beauty, God's incredible, awesome sovereignty is seen in the tapestry of diversity. That is just who God is. But you look at the scripture, it says that all nations, that all Israel, Gentile, heathen, all nations should know him, should know his ways. That salvation should come to everybody. Isaiah 49 verse 6 says, I will make you as a light for all nations. You cannot read through your Bible and not notice a pattern right through the Bible that says nations, 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 nations. You can't even read through Psalm and not see it. See, there's something about the Bible that's beautiful when you want to look into interpretation. You will find words that are repeating, repeating. Then you realize there's an emphasis. There's a story. There's an understanding. You know, go from Genesis. You will find nations, 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 peoples, 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 all the earth, all the earth, all creation, right through the Bible because that is at the core of who God is. You cannot miss it when you think like that. God God desires the salvation of all the nations. Imagine this morning I got, I had the ability to Zoom God in, have a Zoom call with God and say, God, share with us your heart. I believe he will read the psalm to you. This is his message. This is his heart. This explains the heart of a lot of things. It brings definition to your wake up in the morning. It brings definition to your skills and your abilities. It brings definition to why we do things what we do. It brings definition why we should not do certain things and why we should do certain things. It brings definition if you want to live a purposeful life more than just make rant and scent, wake up and die. It brings definition and purpose to our lives. It gives definition why we do business, why we teachers, why we engineers, Why do we work? It gives definition. See, friends, this mission is a global call for mission. This psalm calls that all the nations should hear, a light to the nations, salvation to all nations, of all nations. And if you still want not believe me, let me conclude this. Whom of you have ever read in the Gospels? Whom of you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke? Let me help you. Every single Gospel in your Bible ends with this exact mandate. Every single gospel. I don't know if you knew that. Matthew 28 verse 18. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Mark 16 verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Luke 24 verse 47, 6, 47. And he said to them, this is written that Christ who suffered in, on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. John 20. And Jesus said to him, peace be to you. You get something. As the Father sent me, now I send you to all nations. Let's go to Acts. What a powerful book. We love the book of Acts. Because it's an active book and we see the, 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 the formation of which we see more the structural church coming together. Not that there wasn't church before. There was church from the day God made Adam and Eve. 
Okay? But there's something about understanding what God wants to do on earth. So he comes to Acts 1 verse 8, and he says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Wow, powerful scripture. Then we go through the book of Acts, verse 1 till verse 11. He gives them the mandate, and he explains Jesus. From verse 12 to chapter 8, it's all in Jerusalem. Chapter 8, verse 1, suddenly you see Judea, Samaria. Chapter 13, you start to see ends of the earth. Verse 8 is a summary of the whole book of Acts. And then from there on, it's an outplay of that verse. God is serious about this, friends. If you want to understand the gospel, you understand the word of God, how more pertinent can this be? This is an inescapable mandate that defines the church. And here's the, this is the warning sign. This is the, the major trap we need to avoid as born-again believers and as the church. When we avoid this, when we ignore this, we're going to make of church what it's not. And we make of church what it's not, then we have to add all kinds of human elements to try to make it to be something that is humanly impossible because we are not the church. We cannot sustain. We cannot build. We're not growing. We are not it. It's Christ's church. He is the head of the church. And we are just His body following Him. Friends, what brings life into our life is when we align ourselves with what church is. The amazing thing, why would we go to the nations? So that they will experience salvation, and not just salvation, sanctification, and that they will experience the transformation of God. And so that they can be discipled, and they can be blessed, so that they again can become a blessing. So yes, that includes you. God wants you to be saved. God wants you. He's thinking about you. This is not excluding you. It does include you. But it doesn't end with you. It doesn't end with me. We become channels of God. When? The day you give your life to Jesus, you are already full-time called. God is calling us. You see, this, may, this task may seem daunting, but from the Scripture, we have no excuse. Just think about it. Are we empowered by the Holy Spirit? Or do you think that, you know, the Lord actually made this commission and in his back of his mind, he thought, they're not going to get it right in any case. That's not what happened here. God made this commission, not just in Matthew 28. It's throughout the Gospels. It's throughout Psalms. It's from Genesis to Revelation. And from the beginning when God said it, he says, if you trust me, my power, I will start something and I will fulfill it. Our focus is on God, not on our abilities. It's going to be done. How do I know that? Well, Revelation tells us that. Very clearly, Revelation says, the ultimate vision of heaven one day. It says, in front of me will stand from every tribe, every language, every nation will stand before me, before the Lamb, crying out, salvation belongs to the Lord. That's the heavenly vision. It's going to happen. It's already happening. God is just giving us an opportunity to participate in that. Genesis 12, verse 2, we see this blessing and a very clear instruction to Abram. His parents were sun worshippers. 
He found God and God says, Abram, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. That means I'm going to make you prominent. I'm going to make you influential. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you, Abram. See, there's something about God that wants to use us and through us. Now, here's a word that stands out, the word us. Not me, not I. It's just important we understand. May the Lord be gracious to us, not to me. May the Lord bless us. May shine, shine His face upon us. You cannot take that scripture and say, Lord, may you bless me. May you shine upon me. May it be about me. No, it's about us. It's always been about us. It's always a community idea. I'm reading a very interesting book, and if you can find it, I do recommend you read it. Reading the Bible through Western eyes. You see, all of us bring something when you read the Bible. You bring who you are. You bring your past. You bring things. When you look at it and you kind of read things in a certain way and you almost think like that's how the Bible is saying. But it's actually interesting when you start to read through it and you realize, wow, my Western eyes has given me a wrong perspective of what really is meant here. You know the Bible wasn't written to a Western world. So it means what it meant back in the days most probably does not mean what you think it means when you walk into your business room and you start to quote the scripture. So it's important that we understand that the Word of God is the foundation, and it calls us away from individualism, one of the biggest weaknesses of the Western world. Independence, I can make a decision that has no effect on people around me. No, it does affect not just the people around you. It affects the whole kingdom when you think independent. And you say, Phyllis, don't believe it. Let one of the body parts in your body start to just... Have, have, a, have a problem with your kidney. Just your kidney. The rest is fine. Just your kidney. Maybe your little finger. Cut it off and see if it has an effect on your body. Nothing of your body can exist independently. God in everything he does is so intentional. He gives us over and over and over the same message. You are a body. You need each other. You're a community. You have to think us, not me. Why would God? He says, I want to bless you. Let me tell you, friends, just the church in front of me right here who can hear my voice. Do you know how powerful you are? Do you know what we can do together if we really just 100% become a us? What will be the limitations? Help me. Think about every skill that's in this place. Think about every you know, ability, every experience. Think about the diversity. Think about, take all our bank accounts and throw it together. You see what the problem is? It's pride. At the core of the heart is, I don't need us. I can be me. And find yourself me. And we get into all the gender confusion, all the things that's happening out in the world. We should, we should not look down upon. We should, Lord, we need the gospel. We need to bring the gospel to people's lives. So that what does the gospel do? The gospel not only saved me from my sin, it saves me from me. 
It transitions me into a, a, a us theology, away from a me theology. You see, we need to not just, if we want to reach the nations, it's going to require a us, not just us. It's going to require us parting, you know, coming together, teams going out. It's going to require churches working together. It's going to collaboration with nations. It's going to be working with other people and taking hands so that we can take the gospel of Christ across the world. What is the ultimate goal? Why do we want to do this? Verse 3 to 5, Bo says, let all the peoples praise you. Let all the people praise you. Let all the people not just sing. How will they praise if there's not a song in their hearts? How will they praise unless they've experienced God's presence and God's provision and God's protection? See, God wants the world to worship Him. Habakkuk says, Let all the earth be filled with your knowledge and the glory of the Lord. Verse 4 goes on. Let the nations be glad. Right in the center of this psalm, you find a theme. Let the nations be glad. Why would they be glad? They will be glad when they discover that all the idols that they've tried to trust in and all the things they've tried to fill this gap in their soul, they have found the only one who is the creator of the soul. When they find this God who satisfies them, whom of you are satisfied by God? Whom of you have had some experience with God that has actually helped you to get through things? Whom of you have experienced God in your salvation that brought peace to you? Whom of you have seen deliverance in your marriages and deliverance in some things in your lives, in your personal life and things? You say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Do you know there's nations who never had one experience like that ever? Ever. How will they? Well, here's a simple question. How will you, unless we stand here and preach to you, how will you, unless we disciple you, you will just be like them? You see, it's important that we understand the purpose of why we're here and why gathering. Why, yes, we choose a Sunday. It could have been a Saturday. You know, but it's gathering together. You're not going to get anything on your cycle this morning. It is when you start to understand God doing something in our hearts and you start to say, Lord, I'm aligning myself because you've called me. Let the nation be glad when? When they discover a God that they will lay their lives down for. Then they will be glad. And you know what? When the nations are glad, we will be glad. Imagine our government gets glad. Imagine how you know, police gets glad. How will it happen? It's not going to happen because the potholes are fixed. It's happening because the gospel has been preached. And people come to the saving knowledge of God and under the lordship of Christ, you liberate a nation. Liberty does not come from external laws. True liberty comes from internal salvation. And the lordship of Christ, who rules our hearts. Verse 6 says, and I want to read to you in different translations. The first translation we just read says, and let the earth yield its fruit. You see, let the earth yields its fruit. The CFV says, and God has blessed the earth with a wonderful harvest. The TPT translation says, the harvest of the earth is here. All of this confirmed, John 4 verse 35. So will he say four months more than the harvest? The Bible says, no. Open up your eyes. Look. Do, me a, do yourself a favor. Go into your office tomorrow morning and just look. The harvest is right in front of our face. You drive out here today and you go to the restaurant you're going to eat. Just open up your eyes. It's maybe the waiter. It's maybe the table next to you. The harvest is not the problem. The laborers are. That's why he says to us, 
In Matthew 9, verse 37, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord that he will send them. That's not what the scripture is saying. You know what true biblical prayer is? It's not you God asking God for things. True biblical prayer is that you align yourself with God through prayer. Lord, help me to see you as I'm praying. That's what biblical prayer is. So how do you align yourself? Lord, make me a laborer. The harvest is plentiful. If the father would call you tomorrow morning on your cell phone, hey, my son, my daughter, the harvest is plentiful. Is the response, Lord, should I call somebody for you? Or Lord, are you trying to say me? Must I go? And we know the answer. See, friends, we cannot but be involved. Build a successful church. Build a successful business. Do your career and be successful in your career. But you cannot just do that and not be involved in the Great Commission. Be involved in global mission. See, whenever we don't build the name of God, we run the risk we are busy building bubble. Babel. We are busy building our own name. We are busy building a tower that is erected to glorify us. So many people live to make a name for themselves. You cannot do both. Verse 7, And all the earth and the ends of the earth shall fear him. What is he meaning by this? He's not talking about a negative fear. He says, When they experience God's face shine upon them, when they know who he is, they will not only respect him, but they will submit to his authority. They will bow down to his lordship and allow him in his lives, in their lives, and they will be glad. Where are we standing currently? I want to just give you a few stats so you understand. Currently, as an every nation church, and we know that God is doing amazing things to the body of Christ, but you're part of a family, and we say take responsibility with us. We're currently right now in out of 195 UN nations, we're in 87 nations of the world where we've established churches. There are outreaches already in other nations, and outreaches are a start off. Once we say there's an established church, means there's leadership in place, it's becoming an established church that actually can reproduce itself. We have 108 nations to go. Friends, that is not so much you think about it. Just in South Africa, we've got 60 churches. Imagine one church takes a nation. Where are we standing locally? In the world, Show you the next stat there. You can see in the world, is it big enough there? Asia, Middle East, Africa, Europe, Latin America, North America, and Oceania. Yeah, that's where the region we are in those nations. I'm going to focus specifically on Africa and Europe. In Africa at the moment, we are, there's 53 nations. We are in 15 nations established or busy establishing. Some of them are still being planted. And then there's 38 nations to go. And as South Africa, we've taken up responsibility for Africa, specifically at this stage, East Africa, where we focus. And why do we focus? So that we can reach East Africa and start to move to the rest of Africa. That's why we focus. And then also, God has given us a heart for Europe. If you look at Europe, it's 49 nations. We're 19 nations, 30 more to go. On our clock, there's 68 nations, 69 nations that God is calling us to be intentionally involved. Europe churches are also involved here. And friends, how do we do this? How do we make this really easy? We're just calling us to become a us. 
Everyone can pray. Everyone can go. This morning, we're going to give an opportunity to people for go. And everyone can, can, can go and everyone can give. And so what do you, you know, pray? We pray every Sunday morning. Come join us at 8 in the evenings at 5. Come pray for nations. Take a nation and pray for them daily in your, in your own time, on your own time. Start to take some of these nations and pray with. Ask Harry, say, Harry, where are you guys? What's happening? Pray. The second thing is go. Go on a mission. Sign up. A 10-day mission is a brand. Some of them are only four days, okay? Let me help. But go on a mission. There are missions that are requiring less leave. Take off Friday, you go on a mission. Take off Thursday. And there are missions that will require a little bit more leave. Try one time and see what happens in your heart. And then there are some of you this morning. You're sitting in, as Inc. was speaking this morning. Our internship program makes room for people who feel called into vocational full-time ministry. You might not be totally sure, but we want to give you that opportunity morning, this morning to respond. We'll take your name and go on a journey with you to help you to discover God's call in your life. Because there's some of us that needs to send people, and there's some people that needs to be sent to go. And that makes us all part of it. Yes, Lord. Father, we pray this morning. Would you pray this? Lord, you can have it all. I want to be involved. And I want to miss out. I want you to pray this, Lord. Pray this with me loud. Lord, I can pray, and I will pray. Help me to go, even as it's on a mission. Help me. And also, Lord, how can I give? In Jesus' name, amen.